Oh, uh, hey man, are you uh, are you are you uh, the Uber driver? It are just you, says the Uber. Are you trip? Yeah, it just says the Uber. How did you get? Did you legally change your name to just the Uber driver? That's what my parents named me. The oh Uber. It's my grandmother's name. Okay. Um. Well, uh, you have the address there, right? I, I do. Uh, what podcast would you like to listen to as we journey to your destination? Oh, uh, do you do you have dissecting the eighties? That's a pretty good one. I do. I, I got an Android phone, and I use the Podcast Republic app, available for free on the Google Play Store. The Podcast Republic app? I've not heard of that one. Is it any good? It's great. It's how I listen to all my podcasts. I favorite them, and then each time they upload, it goes right to my phone. It's pretty great. Well, that sounds awesome. Uh, let's listen to Dissect the 80s as you take me to my place. You got it. Hello, Dissectomaniacs. We are very excited to tell you that we are returning to the Baltimore Podcast Festival for the third time. On Saturday, September 15th, you can hear us talk in flash dance at the Baltimore Improv Group Theater on North Charles Street. Visit bemorepodfest.com for more details. Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am Trip Lano, one half of the Mega Podcasting Powers. And with me, as always, is a man who knows the very helpful properties of a properly applied mud scrub. The Macho Mandrew. Andrew Lano. Yeah, and I mean if if you got a good exfoliant going, it's like a double like a double whammy. Yeah, yeah. You gotta get a little grit involved in there to get it really, really popping, but you know. We are talking Predator because there's a movie coming out called The Predator. It's not so Predators. You know, I thought or was that the no. last one? Okay, <laughs> the Predator timeline is like the most convoluted thing on Earth, and we can talk about that momentarily. But I think what we should start by doing is saying, you know what that means. We gotta go back. We gotta go dissect the 80s. It's your overcompensating machismo. Something's gotta be done about your overcompensating machismo. Oh, he's hard on the throat. But someone, oh, don't make it weird. <laughs> don't make it weird. <laughs> When the mega powers explode! I'm talking about the 80s. Oh, yeah. Great Scott! Cream of the crop. Oh, 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 yeah. Mega power, yeah! When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Uh, so the first film, Predator, 1987. We go to 1990, we got Predator 2, Predators 2010 with Adrian Brody, mm. The Predator 2018, uh, okay. plus an Alien vs. Predator twice, I believe. Yeah, there were two. Uh, yeah, and also, like, if you look up the uh, comic books and, like, extended media for the Predator universe, it is quite large, including both Predator vs. Judge Dredd, Tarzan vs. Predator, and my personal favorite... Archie versus Predator? Archie, Archie has done everything, is what I'm learning, and I'm really into it. Yes. Was yeah. there ever a, like, uh, um, Predator versus Ripley? Well, no, I don't think. I don't think I don't think Sigourney was showing up when they were like, okay, so we're going to take Alien, and we're going to put a Predator in it. I think she was like, I'm done. I'm so, so done. Well, no, I don't even mean, like, Alien versus Predator versus Ripley. I just mean, like, straight up... <laughs> That is the movie I want to see. I, I, Where is yeah. that? I'm not saying I wouldn't watch that movie, because I 100% would. But I meant, like, Ripley wakes up on a ship and all the xenom- like to a slew of xenomorph corpses. 
and she's like, what happened here? And then she has to fight a predator. What if, what if it's the tag team showdown of the millennia in the blue corner, alien and predator in the red corner, Dutch and Ripley. I want to know what Ripley would do to Dutch just cause like, she would have no... No, 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 same team. No, I know. Ripley and Dutch. I know that. But, like, she would have zero time for his bullshit. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, you're not if wrong. If you compare those two tra- character trajectories over one movie, it's like, oh, a well-formed, crafted, three-dimensional character and a cardboard cutout saying, enlist in the military. <laughs> uh, I mean, you're not wrong. And sort of aliens, too, I get, or aliens... This is the plural, uh, sequel to Alien, uh, is kind of that. It's Ripley plus a bunch of meathead goons, so I guess that's kind of already been made. But I would still be here for, like, uh, Warrior Queen Ripley hanging out with Dutch and, like, putting together traps and stuff. I feel like I would enjoy that. Yeah, I'd be down for that. Anyway, we watched Predator. I've never seen this movie before. I've seen pieces of this Same. movie, and I, I've, like had definitely lied about having seen this movie before Same. in a conversation that just happened. <laughs> because, like, I feel like I got the gist from the clips that I had seen, and also, I think I saw one of the Alien v. Predators on cable at I've, some point or I've another. I've definitely seen the first Alien v. Predator, because it's kind of bananas. Okay. Yeah, I mean, just the idea that it exists is kind of lovely to me. I mean, it's obviously a stupid movie, but I, I don't hate that it exists. Yeah. But so, th- I want you all to, to picture this, because... It's summertime. Well, it's still hot like summertime here. So the only really comfortable room in my house to watch television is my bedroom. The air conditioner in there is better than the other ones. I have wall units. It's not a great existence for a person who's always hot like me. So I was literally in bed last night with a laptop or sorry, with a clipboard and a pillow on my lap to like prop up for proper note taking. And I had a pencil. I couldn't find a pen. So I was using a pencil and I was just like, what? I don't even <laughs> I don't even have words to describe how ridiculous like never in the history of anything has there been a person who's this excited to watch the movie Predator and is also about to take notes about it. Like I don't think that in cross section is that. No, it has. I mean actually I wouldn't be shocked. I feel like there's got to be some like straight dudes that are super into Predator. Oh, I'm certain, but I like I made a snack. I had some popcorn. I had a I had a nice crisp seltzer and i was just ready to watch arnold schwarzenegger (laughs) and an alien like i was so here for it and so i was uh a little disappointed by how long this took to get going but boy does this turn into like a quintessential 80s action movie very quickly i was disappointed in how long it was (laughs) it is 107 minutes 20 minutes which is probably at least 15 I, i if you took out a little bit more boring stuff and had it more added more explodey stuff i probably would be fine with the length but it's just like a little bit too it's like uh what's it what's a good analogy use like a soup that doesn't have enough guts in it right like it's a little too brothy i wanted a little less broth a little more stuff okay that's fair but like the ending the end of this movie has a literal like not exaggerating a six minute montage of setting up traps and painting your face with mud it's especially dumb because it's the second setting up traps montage within the last 45 minutes of the movie. And it's like, we didn't need both of these. No, 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 no. Or if you want to give us 30 seconds to like show us that he's doing that, fine. It's six minutes long, if not longer. Yeah. 
And my thing is, the traps that Arnold sets on his own are more interesting than the traps the group sets. So why not have the group start setting up traps and then get ambushed and Arnold like sneaks away and gets away and then resumes the trap thing on his own as like, you know, establishing that it was the good idea that got messed up by the Predator. Yeah, I agree. So we start off with Schwarzenegger in a tent. And no, he, Schwarzenegger in a helicopter. As Andrew said, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Dressed Sorry. like your dad was, at a barbecue. My first, <laughs> he really is. And he's smoking a cigar. He smokes in this movie like such an asshole. He smokes directly into people's face. Like, come on, be courteous. I don't. I genuinely don't care if you're going to smoke, but do not puff your cigar smoke directly into my face. Yeah. In the first 30 seconds, literally the first 30 seconds, I was like, oh, this feels like such a straight dude movie. Oh, it's a very straight dude movie, for sure. This, before the Boondock Saints was a thing, I guarantee this was in, like, the top five of a frat house. Oh, yeah. Like, like if you walked into a frat house in America between 1980, let's assume Home Video was 88, if this came out in 87, yeah. say 88 to 95, there was probably, like, a 20% chance that Predator was playing. Definitely, 100%. Any frat house in America, any state, anywhere, you just walk in, and it's, it's 4 a.m., you walk in, there's, like, three dudes stoned watching Predator, I feel like, is a thing that was happening. But he's he also, so, he's dressed like your dad at a barbecue, is, is a really good, really good sentence. And he's he's smoking a cigar, not, like, on the corner of his mouth, like most people smoke cigars, but, like, right in the middle, like, he doesn't quite know what he's doing, but he then he just uses that as an excuse to just puff smoke directly into people's face. Like, he takes a huge draw, and it's just like, pop, 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 And I'm like, <laughs> like, you couldn't be more of an asshole. I'm supposed to be rooting for this guy. Come on. See, the cigar also, to me, was part of the your dad at a barbecue visual. Oh, It's for like sure. a red polo tucked into his pants, cigar. Yep. Uh, a macro distilled beer in a can in his left hand would be the ultimate compliment of this, I think. Mm-hmm. Maybe an oven mitt with some grill tongs. Yeah, or uh, the apron like folded down at the waist. That's like you can kind of see it says "Kiss the Cook" or something like that. Yeah, that's it. So he's getting this briefing from a guy, and then he hears a voice yell out, "It's like, oh, we got you because we thought you were the best." And you look up, and it's Carl Weathers who's in the other room, and he and Schwarzenegger have this like long look at each other, and this is where. It starts happening in this movie, but it never stops for the whole thing. If you were to re-edit this to just the close-ups, it's still like a 25-minute movie. Yeah, it is. There are there are so many long, lingering, kind of smolderingly sexual looks from every member of this cast toward every other member of this cast. It's a bunch of sweaty it's, dudes. <laughs> but they're like these... They'll be, like, looking off camera left or right, and it's, like, a long, long, like, five to ten seconds, 15 seconds at a time. Like, close-ups to the point where you're going, what the hell am I supposed to be getting out of this interaction? Because (laughs) if it was a love story, you'd be like, oh, he loves her, he hasn't said it yet. But it's Schwarzenegger and Carl Weathers, and you're like, hey. I mean, I'd watch that romance. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm into it, but that is definitely not what was being made in 1987 no, in the movie no, where alien fights people. Like, so, like, what is the what is happening here? So, they walk up towards each other and they like throw their their hands at each other in like a weird like 
you know, bro handshake, like not a handshake, but uh, kind of gripping, like arm wrestling grip. And then we get four distinct 10 second plus shots of their gigantic glistening biceps. And it's like close up on Arnie, close up on Carl Weathers, back to the biceps. Then we got Carl Weathers, back to the biceps, up to Arnie, back to the biceps. It, someone was masturbating to this. So I don't know who much it was. <laughs> the, the director, the editor, the the sweat guy or gal. Somebody was really enjoying this. Honestly, though, probably Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, maybe. No. So I have a few choice quotes. Not direct quotes, but like paraphrases. Arnold Schwarzenegger believed this movie was such a hit because the heroes were impressively muscular and big. <laughs> like I think he's basically I think that's basically what uh it's always sunny Mac is from. Yeah. Like Mac the character I think is the person who would have been obsessed with this movie. Oh yeah, he's the ideal person for this movie. But like that's to me what Arnold Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sly Stallone are the same kind of person when it comes to movie making. Like they have one idea in their head of what a movie is. <laughs> And that's what they're going to make. Now, I will say, Stallone wrote Rocky. Okay. I'm just, he did write Rocky. I mean, just a little bit of defense for Sly. He wrote that movie. Which is impressive that he did a lot. barely literate. Yes. I mean, if you go by the way he speaks. Also, uh, I think this is definitely a movie that was going to be either Sly or Arnold and was like kind of a toss up probably. Yeah. You know, Sly Stallone feels uh, like they, that the inspirational movie where the kid who's deaf turns out to be, like, an amazing composer. And they're like, I can't understand a word he says. But then they pick up his, his like, papers and they're like, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever read. <laughs> I got a lot of hot takes this episode, apparently. Um. <laughs> <laughs> the other fun anecdote about this movie. So the cast of this movie is Schwarzenegger, Carl Weathers. Jesse the Body Ventura, who we saw previously in The Running Man, was a WWF wrestler and announcer back in the day. And then a bunch of other real jacked up dudes. And then inexplicably Shane Black, the guy who wrote the most recent Predator movie and directed it. And he also directed The Nice Guys and Iron Man 3. Oh, I did that. Yeah, the guy with the glasses is Shane Black, who's the, the, the writer, director. He wrote Lethal Weapon. That was his kind of big claim to fame. But, so... These guys are all testosterone meatheads, with probably the exception of Shane Black. I, I don't want to make assumptions, but he does not look like the rest of these people. His character makes up for it in attitude, and, I'll say. Yeah, but these guys were all like obsessed with working out, and Carl Weathers, apparently, as a way of gaining some sort of psychological edge, to what end, I have no idea, but he told this story, and I found it really funny. He would sneak off and go work out at like four in the morning before anybody else was up so that he could tell people that he never worked out and that it was all natural. That's such a weird eighties dude pissing contest bullshit. Well, especially because like everyone else is presumably just working out together. And so like, they're all in there spotting each other and grunting and throwing weights around. (laughs) I don't think it, it was probably more like, I'm picturing like the meatheadiest meathead gym. Yeah, uh, I don't know. But, like, I don't know if you, if have you that. walked by that window and you can't hear what's going on inside, that's what plays in your head. I see. I see. But I just I I find it so fascinating. And they they didn't ask him in the interview. But like, 
I I can't even imagine what the base idea was of like yeah, what's your end game oh, here? Right. Like I just want them to think I'm stronger naturally. I don't I don't get it, but anyway, God love you, Carl Weathers. Arnold Schwarzenegger recommended Jesse Ventura after interviewing him. He thought he looked the part, was big enough, had a deep voice, and was manly. I mean, because that's his those are the qualifications character. for Arnold Schwarzenegger's movies. <laughs> listen, McMahon. That's all that's I got. Okay. I got a very okay. small window of listen, McMahon. I wasn't even very good. He's actually he's more down like a drawlier, right? I couldn't. I mean. Jesse the body vent. I'm a sexual tyrannosaurus is sort of where he's at. It's a little more drawl. Okay. That's an actual line of the di- of dialogue from the movie, by the way. This movie? Uh, I wrote that down. Yes. He calls all them the F word when they won't take his chewing tobacco. And then he spits on the floor and says, this will make you a man. I'm a sexual tyrannosaurus. And I was, I was like, I have a lot of questions. One, what about the Tyrannosaurus makes you think sexual king or queen? Two, do the tiny arms factor into it? <laughs> I was too busy writing, listen, mustache, you look like a rejected village person. Ease up on the faggot bullshit. <laughs> uh, yeah, he is a little bit ridiculous. He's got the movie. like Freddie Mercury mustache and he's wearing the uh-huh. like sexy army man Halloween costume from, <laughs> from Spirit Halloween. So here's the thing. That's kind of his wrestling costume. Really? He would like, he would wear a band. Yeah, he would wear. So I only have ever seen him like in footage of wrestling like once or twice, but there's tons of footage. He gets cut. I'm kind of off wrestling at the moment, but like when you watch the, they're like historical stuff, like talking about old wrestlers, he's in a lot of the footage as an announcer and his outfits are always like a colorful bandana a big earring on one side, sometimes both maybe, but definitely on one side. The left side. And then these like really big jackets that would have like lots of zippers and fringe and stuff. Like he was kind of a feat in his clothing, but then he would talk and it was that like, oh, you're right, 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 I'm Jesse the Body Ventura. Rah, rah, rah. I'm going to be a governor one day. Rah, 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 rah. And then but say like, some, wait, was he the one who said the stuff about uh, Muslim people? Or was that the other guy? <sighs> Because there's the two actual governors in this movie, and then the governor candidate, and one of them said some really shitty things about... Who is the governor candidate? I don't think I knew that. Um, hold, hold, please. Okay, let's, let's say this. I would not be surprised if Jesse the Body Ventura said something that was a little bit racist, but... I don't know that to be sure, and he could definitely whip my ass still, so I do not want to, like, get involved with slandering Jesse Ventura. Uh, no, it was Sonny Landum. Okay, I don't, who is that? I don't even know who that Billy? is. I, I oh, called him No okay. Blair, because I gave everyone a nickname, because they don't have characters. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I know who Billy is now. All right, I'm on the same page. Yeah, a Native American man. So we get to the helicopter for the mission. Well, first off... uh. Arnie very clearly says that he is a rescue man, not an assassin. <laughs> and Apollo Creed and the other white dude in the room give each other a look that tells the audience, oh, this is an assassin mission. But <laughs> yes, Arnie's also, so dumb, he will, doesn't notice. <laughs> we will find out in about 
45 seconds that Arnold indeed is very, 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 very good at killing people. Oh, yes. Like, to the point where that should be his primary job. You might say he should be a Terminator. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we get to the chopper where um, our cardboard cutouts are introduced. I'm sorry, it's a chopper. Chopper. Can you, uh, can you, can you, can you respect the name yes. that has been given by its... Pr- uh, the movie tries to trick you into caring about these people, but, uh, I don't. So we have Turbo Man, Apollo. Does it, though? Because I, that was actually my only, like, I, I, spoiler, I kind of really enjoyed watching most of this. But I was really surprised that they, they take almost no time to explain who the hell these people are. Jesse Ventura gets, like, I chew tobacco and I am a sexual Tyrannosaurus. The Native American actor just, like, looks around for the whole thing. Shane Black is just a shitty misogynist who makes terrible jokes about women. And I was like, Oh, I can't wait to watch you die. Well, um, so the, hang on. So it, the character, it was stripes and not Apollo had like some kind of friendship. Yeah. It was, it was like very clearly like, Oh, he's affected by stripes death. And so we're supposed to care about this. (laughs) That would be Jesse Ventura. No, 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 no. Uh, Stru- no, because I have Turbo Man, Apollo, glasses, mustache. <laughs> you can't just arbitrarily inside. I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> you, listen, and you'll get it. <laughs> okay, okay. Turbo Man. Do you want to guess who it is? Furball Man? Turbo. Turbo Man. That's got to be uh, Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Apollo. Okay, I know that. Glasses. That's that's uh, Shane Black. Mustache. Jesse Ventura. Mm-hmm. Uh, stripes. See, here's where you've lost me. I don't know who Stripes is. The one is. with Stripes down his face. <laughs> oh, they all had no, Stripes. No, they did not. They were different. Okay. Okay. All stripes, right. All right. No glare, because he just had the, like, football no glare, and then not Apollo, the other black man that they didn't really try and explain much about. No, and he, he has, like, one moment in the movie and then and nothing else. It's him and Stripe that are, like, best friends, and when Stripe dies... Uh, he he gets a lot of like really intense emotional moments, and I was like, I don't care about emotion in this cannon fodder. Like, <laughs> this is a movie about predator aliens. Show me that. Yeah, I also don't quite understand. So they're all ostensibly on this rescue mission, but they're all armed to the teeth. Like everybody has sixty-two guns on mm-hmm. them for for just like every available part of their body has a weapon on it or is a weapon. And then they have this, like, camo face paint going on, but they all kind of look like they had one tube to go around. And so it was like, nobody can do their whole face, so everybody has to just do part of their face. So everyone gets, like, one guy's got, like, a Bowie eye. Another person's got, like, just, you know, a handprint across. It's just, like, random mishmash. They all have, that's like their, uh, it's like band makeup, like hair band makeup. Like, everyone has to have their own look. Yeah. So they're they're on this rescue mission. They land the helicopter. And they find this, like, site where clearly a fight took place. There's there's bullet casings everywhere. Uh, there's, like, a downed helicopter. And they're, like, looking around trying to see what's what. And at one point, one of the guys stumbles into an area where there's three human bodies hung up by their feet and just completely skinned. And it is really gnarly looking. It's great. It's such a great shot. It's so disgusting. Yeah, it's really very gross. It's kind of a shame that, like, that... That shot was probably kind of shocking in 1980-whatever. 
Yeah, I mean, I was a little bit surprised to see it. I gotta be honest, it was not the tone I was expecting from this movie. And then later, it it is this is like the door opening to like, I can show you some stuff. And it's just <laughs> everything is disgusting. Like, it just it's all gross from here on out. Like, this is this is this if this is too much for you, exit the theater, take your popcorn with you, because it's only gonna get worse from here. Yeah. Um So then we see what ostensibly is predator vision, but I don't think the audience is supposed to know that yet. No. As they're like going through the jungle, it's the, the heat, the like grainy heat signature kind of stuff. I still think the effect looks pretty cool. Oh yeah. I really, I enjoy predator vision. I, I wish it was more consistent. Cause like later in the movie, it turns into like, there's like Atari graphics flying around. Yeah. That's kind of weird. Like I wish that, but I could... really like this and, I wish it was like either all the same thing or you or we watched him kind of cycle through his vision, his like vision modes. Yeah, that would make sense and, and be a little more descriptive. But I was also going to say, I really like the effect of the predator, like walking around in the forest using his camouflage. So you can yeah. kind of like see through it, but it's weird. It's super awesome looking. And it's funny. I've seen other movies try to rip this effect off, like, you know, modern stuff. And it does not look as cool as this does. I think it's because it, I think it's because the technology was sort of newer. So it is imperfect and it, it is sort of a ripple. Like he's not completely hidden. You can still see him. And like it, it's like you're looking through, like when you look through a glass of water and everything's sort of distorted. Yeah. And that's even cooler because I, from what I understand, that's pretty much how this device would work in real life. Yeah. They've made some devices that activate similar to this. It's not obviously the same level as it is in the movie, but it does kind of look like this. It kind of looks like, uh, if you haven't seen the movie, if you ever see heat waves like rolling off a grill or something like that, where you can see the the motion in the air kind of thing. So Arnold thinks something's up, and they like do a quick recon. They're like, okay, there's all these bullet casings. There's no tracks in or out of here. Something's up. We gotta we gotta get to the bottom of this. So they start like hunting around. And they find this camp where presumably the people who killed the people they're there to rescue are. And so Arnold and his guys like fan out and they're like, you know, getting ready to ambush this camp. And he like crawls into the camp they and make he like puts his arm up like. They make sure to show you that they uh, point blank shoot a, a prisoner in the head to show that they're savage people and they deserve to die. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, but to be fair. Arnold's crew thinks they skinned three people, so like, it's not out of the well, question. Well, no, not for them, but like, I mean, for the it's like, it was like for the audience. But the audience also thinks that they skinned those people, right? Oh, I mean, I guess that we know you, the predator. Do you exists. think that's what the audience was supposed to I, think? I, I mean, I guess if you're walking the, the movie called Predator. They, yeah, 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 yeah. The audience has bought a ticket for the movie Predator, but I'm just saying from like, there's a there's a narratively, the movie has not told us it was the Predator, I guess. Yeah, I always wondered that kind of stuff, because, like, do they assume people go in blind? It's like, in the one season of American Horror Story, they, uh, the woman, uh, Sarah Paulson, played a two-headed person, and the way the episode was shot was that her being a two-headed person was this big reveal, and I was like, literally every marketing material you released had her as a two-headed person in it. So, like, why was, <laughs> why are you doing, what is happening? Yeah, it's interesting, like, for, from a kayfabe perspective, right? Like, at some level in the audience, you're kind of, like, buying into what the protagonist is going through. So, 
you know, if you if you you go you buy a ticket for the Meg, right? Like you know, there's a giant shark in this movie. At some point, you're just waiting for the giant shark. So I guess you're right. That, but at least narratively, the movie is like, hey, these guys think that the people they're attacking literally skinned three people. Yeah. Which is like, you know, if you're going to blow up a person, a person that you think skinned three people is probably worthy of a of blow. Up. I, I'm, I'm but right. I love that, like, Arnold's, like, creeping into this camp, and you think he's just going to start wrecking shop, and he, like, quickly throws up his hand to stop everybody, and then he takes the truck that is... They have the truck up on a jack, so the back wheels are spinning to operate some sort of mechanical device. They're using it like a, a really ridiculous generator. And he throws a C4 bomb that's the size of, like, a very large shoebox onto the back of this truck, squats, and picks up the truck. Like, just no problem lifts the truck up off the jack and pushes it forward so that it engages and starts driving. And then suddenly this truck just starts bumping through this camp until it hits a building. One guy jumps in to try to save everybody else, and he gets just blown to shit for his troubles like you watch this guy get turned into bits yeah and then i read proceed to have my note about that scene was wow look how strong arnold is (laughs) i mean definitely that's why it's there that's what like this whole stupid movie like to me like i enjoy the movie as like as as you know a slasher or scary but whatever I am so annoyed by all the, like, bullshit, macho, straight dude nonsense that, like, feels shoehorned in I, here. I mean, it is... You're not wrong one iota. I will I say that first, that you're correct. But also, Arnold in 1987 is not that far removed from legitimately being one of the strongest people in the world, right? Like, wasn't he Mr. Olympia? He was. I don't know so when I he get was, why yes, he they're was. like. So I get why they're like, okay, this guy really can't act... People just want to see him blow, sh- you know, punch stuff, shoot stuff, blow shit up. So I get why they're like, let's have him lift the truck. Like that's what people are here to see. He's Mr. Olympia. And I wouldn't have a problem if it was like just his character, but all of the dudes in this movie are basically like that, and it's so annoying to watch for two hours. <laughs> uh, he was Mr. Olympia seven times. So oh, damn. he probably legitimately could lift a truck at some point in his yeah, life. Yeah, I believe it. So the rest of the scene is legitimately, in my opinion, some of the best absolute mayhem filmed in the entire 1980s. Like there are like 10 separate explosions where things they they launch a grenade at this helicopter that explodes. They blow up another car. They're blowing up these things. And it's all legitimate explosions. There's no crap like superimposed in later. They built some stuff and then they blew it the hell up. And I as a you know person who loves practical effects, if you just showed me this part of Predator for an hour and a half, I would probably enjoy it. You know, like it's just perfect mayhem yeah well i noted that uh they went here thinking there were hostages here and when they saw one person die they were like hey let's blow everything up see i assumed that carl weathers had like a head count of hostages and was like all right three in the three skinned oh four that's it we're out of hostages you know, i guess we gotta just really kill them great all thing to have him say that <laughs> where was that line of dialogue in your two-hour movie this really is, like, <laughs> in addition to being an hour and 47 minutes long, 
perhaps the least dialogue driven movie I've ever watched. And it like it's one of those moments where we say, I just needed a little more. I didn't need more runtime, but like, give me something more to go on. Uh, what you need to go on is Arnold one-liners and occasionally a Jesse Ventura one-liner because this, can I, I would like to recap a sequence that happens. (laughs) Arnold goes into a hut, throws a knife at a guy who's like coming to attack him, which perfectly goes into his belly and pins him to the wall. And he says, stick around. And then he goes to another thing, kicks down a barricade and says, knock knock and then proceeds to shoot all of the guys at this point either jesse ventura or carl weathers picks up a minigun like the kind of gun that is melted to a car or a a helicopter or a terminator can carry and just walks into this village and it's just like it looks like a magic laser gun because it just shreds things that he he cuts it across one of the huts and the huts just turn to pieces. And then there's just shit flying everywhere. And it's just this machine gun whirring and bullets just spraying through and cutting things down. And then we finally get Jesse Ventura is like cornered a guy and another guy walks up to him and he's like, Hey man, you're, you're bleeding. And he says, I ain't got time to bleed, which is just so stupid. This is the, this is my favorite era of action movies. Like there's good ones in other eras, But this exact type of action movie is just so delicious to me. I and I love like a realistic. I love Die Hard. I think the action in Die Hard is fabulous and very well shot and a very interesting type of movie. But I also just can totally get behind. It's like this is basically a cartoon with bullets. I just it bothers me that like not everyone is in the same world. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so, Je- like, uh, th- I wrote that note down, that Jesse Ventura is bleeding, and Glasses says, you're bleeding, and he says, I ain't got time to bleed, and Glasses responds with, uh, okay, <laughs> which is what a human being says to that. <laughs> that is true, that is true, but maybe Glasses was just trying to come up with yet another terrible joke about women, like the time that he joked about saying something to a woman while he was going down on her and then it echoed and then the woman had to you know be like why'd you say that twice and he's like i didn't it's like a cat skills level joke it's worse well at least we were spared from a period joke (laughs) that was definitely the third one that was gonna he gets two in i forget what the first terrible one is but the one i just did is the second Mm -hmm. the third one definitely would have been period related but he doesn't live long enough in the movie thank god do you, do you want to know why? Why? They hired Shane Black because they wanted to rewrite the movie, and they figured, like, oh, we'll cast this writer, and then he'll just write the movie for us, which is actually kind of a genius move. That's what they did in Jaws, right? Like, that's why oh, Carl, Gottlieb. Carl Gottlieb Carl Gottlieb plays the, the local paper guy in Jaws because they needed him around on the movie so he could write. So they asked Shane Black to write, and he was like, no, you hired me as an actor. And they were like, all right, fine, you're going to die first then. I love that, though, that they're like, because in my head, they thought they were going to get some free work out of this. Absolutely. And I love that Shane Black was like, fuck you, pay me. Well, because they originally (laughs) were like, oh, we don't want to hire anyone good to do the creature effects. We'll hire this random studio that'll do it for cheap. And it looks, the original Predator design, if if you've never seen it, looks like something out of Turok Evolution. (laughs) It's like, 
a humanoid frame and then a spin like a compy dinosaur neck sticking out of it it's very weird and it's not scary it, like it looks so stupid yeah no, and that stan really winston saw it and was like are you kidding me <laughs> give me double the money in 20 minutes and i'll fart out a better creature yeah uh i also really like that um they thought they could get the guy who had just sold lethal weapon for like six or seven million dollars like some stupid amount of money just for the script and they were like well if we put him in the movie as an actor he'll definitely write for us for free like of all the people in the world who in 1987 knew what their value was it was the guy who just sold lethal weapon for five million dollars yeah plus, he's no fool it was. right uh so this point is where uh arnie realizes that the mission was a setup and that apollo creed you know was lying and it was really an assassination mission or whatever and he grabs him, he throws him against the wall, and he's like, my men are not expendable. And I was like, <laughs> uh, let's take a look. Do I know any of their names? No. Do I know anything about them? No. They're basically, they're, they're basically the equivalent of, like, those paper targets at shooting ranges. Meanwhile, Stallone is at home like, they're not expendable, huh? Expendable. E. Uh. X. P. E. <laughs> N. Wait, we'll call the movie The Expendables. Hey, Arnold, you want to be in my bad movie? In 30 years? <laughs> yes. It was a long time. Well, that's, why I, that's why I sounded out him typing out, so that's how long it took him. Um, and once again, uh, Glasses, or Shane Black, you said, makes another terrible joke. And I was like, you are the nerd. Stop trying to be class clown. This doesn't work. <laughs> Yeah, they really, he's kind of like sliding in between. I really like the Predator as an antagonist. I think it's interesting to see, um, because it, it's not it's not a Jason, it's not a Michael Myers where, you know, they're just mindlessly follow, like killing and there's no rhyme or reason. It's like, oh, he's a hunter and he wants to hunt the best sport that he can, which just happens to be man. Yeah, and it's interesting, too, later, there's, like, a bunch of scenes where Arnold seems to le- learn things about this creature just by looking at it that don't yeah, make any sense. no way he but, would know that. Right. But at one point, it's like, oh, he didn't attack you because you didn't have any weapons. He wants a fair fight, which sounds cool, but the Predator's weapons are 50 jillion times better than the American soldier weapons. So I'm not sure it's, like, a fair fight that he wants. He just doesn't want a slaughterhouse. Yeah, I mean, isn't... I th- is Predator the one that was supposed to be a like allegory for Vietnam? Um, I mean, I guess it could be read that way. I feel well, like, like a pretty big stretch. I thought it was maybe I'm thinking of a different one, but I thought it was like, oh, the Predator has the super advanced weapons, and the uh, the the human forces are, you know, resorting to traps and like homemade stuff. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I I see what you're saying. It just feels like a stretch that anybody would have watched this movie and been like, wow, what an insightful allegory for the conflict in Vietnam. Like, I get, the thing no, you're I, saying I'm is not, not wrong. I, I'm, I'm not trying to be like, <laughs> I invented this. I feel like I, I thought I heard that No, somewhere. I know, I know. Yeah. I, I'm just saying, I feel like whomever came up with that was stretching a little bit. They uh, find a woman and keep her prisoner for no reason. Would it be worth a line of dialogue well, to explain? Probably. Yeah, uh, they they really just keep this woman prisoner, and later on she becomes kind of useful, but at this point you're just kind of wondering what's going to happen to this woman, because it's 
probably going to be pretty terrible to have to watch, no? Yeah. And again, 30 seconds of dialogue would have been great here to explain, like, she's with these forces, so blah, 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 blah. Or she's seen something. She can tell us where they're kept. I have no, I, I don't know what's happening in this movie because this movie refuses to tell me what's happening. Well, that's the other thing. She doesn't seem to know anything. Like, she no. says she saw the forest come alive and kill somebody, but that is the extent of the information she has to offer about the Predator. Yeah. And then, like, so she says, like, she's translated because she speaks Spanish. And the guy translates and says, she says the forest came alive. And I was like, that's an interesting, like, tra- like literal translation. Yeah. Cut to an hour and a half later, it's revealed that she speaks perfect English and nobody bats an <laughs> eye. Like, no one's like, excuse me? Okay, I will say, if you're this woman, the fact that you speak English is a card that you are not going to play until later. I, like, that is, you are not... I agree with that, but I'm saying no one respond. Like, she... They th- as far as they know, this woman doesn't speak a lick of English. They need a translator. And then later she's like, I so- like speaks English. And everyone's like, okay, tell us more. And it's like, hey, <laughs> hey, guys, this feels like a thing we should talk about. <laughs> yeah, that probably got cut to get down to the hour and 47 minutes. Like they probably had, there's probably an hour and 55 minute cut of Predator that has all of these lines in there. That's like, hey, we should probably make a logical connection to the, no. No, okay, we'll cut it. I guess we can cut it. We can cut like some of these close-ups of Arnold's. Fi- no, more. Bo- okay, more close-ups of Arnold's glistening body. Got it. We Got don't it. need to see all seven minutes of Arnold setting traps and no glaring himself intercut with the predator. It could be three minutes. <laughs> he really does take seven minutes to do all these traps. I, it's so annoying. And it all, all, it's even worse because all of that is just to pay off one moment. Anyway, we'll get there. So Jesse gets murdered, like, right in front of her by the Predator, and it's not that exciting as far as Predator deaths go. The Predator kind of, like, pops out of the woods and does, like, a big swipe, and suddenly there's a blood splatter. Jesse Ventura gets a hole in his chest right after Yes, I wrote that. A hole in Mustache's chest. Yeah, it's like a... He gets shot with a Predator laser, and the hole that opens up in his chest is one you could fire a cantaloupe through, like, real easily. (laughs) Yep. Like, if you were playing that game where you have to throw the ball through the various sized hoops... Quidditch? On... No, no, no. Like, an arcade game where you're, like, throwing a football. I'm not talking about Quidditch. Quidditch has one sized hoop. I'm talking about, like, there's, like, a 10-point hole that's, like, huge, and then a 30-point hole that's a little smaller, and, like, a 50-point oh, hole like that's a little smaller. Yeah, normally it's a football, but yes, this is like the fifty point. They're the ten point hole. Like it's the easiest. <laughs> like a child could like and get it over there. Like barely able to throw anything could easily throw a cantaloupe through this hole. Um, they also right before he dies is trying like set up this thing that um, I called him No Glare is like spooked and he like can sense the predator. Yeah. Uh, would have been great to have an explanation or, or a payoff to this, but instead he's just like spooked twice and then talks briefly about his Mayan ancestry. Yeah, it's very strange how much they talk about that uh, because you would think it's like good character building stuff, but it's not. It just feels like, why is this dialogue in this movie? Yeah, like it should be like, oh, I know what this is because I watched my family get murdered and now I can sense them. Like, I got his blood on me and now I can sense... Like, give me anything. Yeah, it's really kind of astounding, frankly. Um, so she runs away and 
uh, who gets killed first, you said? So Shane Black gets it first. He's like, he grabs Anna, the woman who is like trying to run away. And she sees the predator coming and he looks the last second. It's like, you know, he gets sliced. And then uh, Jesse Ventura is They would 100% assume she murdered him. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. But it immediately, she's saved by the fact that Jesse Ventura gets it immediately after. And he's right next to the guy, Mac. uh, And Mac has like a big, huge gun. And he just, like he sees Jesse get his chest hole created. And he just empties like a billion bullets into the forest there's just like wood bits flying up in the air there's a full two minutes of everyone standing in a line firing in the same direction and pretending like that's the most effective thing to do because later he's like no nothing on earth could have survived that and i was like unless he ran sideways i don't know like if he yeah or or just was far enough away from you when you started your rampage that it was fine the, the this is also a dumb thing to complain about. This movie's on HBO right now, and I don't know if it's just the version that's on HBO or all the versions of it. But the sound mix in this movie is atrocious. Yeah, because I would have to crank the volume to be able to hear the dialogue, and then every fifteen seconds in this movie, someone fires a gun. So it would be like, like we need to get out of. And it's like eleven forty-five. I'm like, my neighbors. God, I had to. I had, I watched several of the action scenes on mute because I was like, I just have to not I know hear what the it sounds like. Up part. Yeah, yeah. Um. So they waste so much ammo, and uh, and also this guy gets so emotional about the death of Jesse Ventura. He's like almost crying, and he's like falling to his knees and screaming, and it's like. I, nobody who's watching this movie knows anything about either of you. Th- that's what I mean. Like, it's just you either you either need to have none of your characters do this, or have all of them have something, or just like ten seconds of dialogue before where it's like these guys have done a thousand missions together and they're the best duo we've got. Like, like give me give me the scene where somebody is literally reading the case files and then you, and you just, like, go... Give me the opening ten minutes of Suicide Squad where someone sits over a steak dinner and just pulls out files and is like, these are the men yeah. on the mission. Right. Like, you couldn't have given me ten seconds where it was like the dialogue is Arnold describing his team to the person who's hiring him and we're watching the team, like, gear up where he's like... That's Mac Elliott, the best demolitions guy I've ever seen. And he's like putting a bomb together. And then it's like, and there's his best friend, Billy Dukes, who's the blah, blah, blah. Like, just give me the, the, the cursoriest, the cursoriest mm-hmm. of information and I'll be fine. He even like has this emotional moment where he like takes the final sip of Jesse Ventura's flask and then pours some alcohol on him and then like puts the flask on his disgusting bloody chest and puts it back under the body bag it's so weird it's this like supposed to be gut-wrenching emotional moment and i'm sitting there laughing because it's like who i don't know who i these don't people care are. about Why your characters care? they're not characters right. no um so the predator gets hit by something and bleeds some glow stick blood and it's pretty cool glow stick i blood, love it i will say um and the woman that they've taken prisoner walks over to it and immediately touches it and then, like, sticks it in her pocket? Which wouldn't be my first... Like, my go-to wouldn't be, let me touch this foreign substance that glows in broad daylight. Yeah, no, I don't want to touch anything that I think might make my fingers melt off. And this seems, like, very likely to make my Prime fingers example. melt off. I also love that they immediately cut to the Predator, like, 
playing operation inside his own leg with various tools. It's just like moving stuff around. And it's so like Stan Winston did a wonderful job with the Predator. I, I will never say Stan Winston did a bad job on anything as far as I know. I could have done without dreadlocks. I got to be honest. The dreadlocks is weird I mean, to me. I-, I thought they added some, like, if he was bald, I think it would have just been more generic. It gave it more remembrance care of, like, there's something to remember by that. I don't mind the dreadlocks. I think they add some kind of style or uniqueness. Because I think if it was bald, it would just be, you know, whatever. Yeah, that's a good point. It did need to have some sort of hair thing, I guess. Because it, it, it doesn't feel I was like just imagining- hair. It feels more like, um spine tentacle it feels like something organic you're not imagining the predator like sitting in a salon chair because that's what i was thinking getting it wrapped like he's on vacation yeah or they like put the hood down and he's like holding you know a mad magazine or something (laughs) so and there's another predator behind him it's like i don't care what she says you you need to make a stand for yourself (laughs) i really like i want that version of predator like steel magnolia predator strong yeah, yeah. You're a strong, independent human murderer, and you deserve to be happy. So if she can't deal with that, then she's not good enough for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. I want steel predator Nolias now. But I think we should just put predator in every universe. Like, can I see Jessica Fletcher v. Predator? Because I would be oh. here for that. Or Magnum or I, no, I want to see the predator world's Jessica Fletcher. Like, I want to see old lady predator. I'm fine with that too, but I want to see. Liter- there is not a character you could name that I wouldn't want to watch battle the predator. But I don't. I don't. I would not want to see Jessica Fletcher battle a predator because that just would not end. I well. think Jessica Fletcher could outwit the predator. I think Jessica Fletcher could figure something out, and it would be spectacular. I'm picturing like the predator is like her step nephew, step niece's husband to be. <laughs> And she's like gets to the wedding and someone dies and she's trying to solve the mystery and it's clearly the predator. Like that's what I want in that universe. No, I want to flip it around. I want Jessica trying to get the predator off because everyone assumes it's the predator, but in reality the predator was just like there to have a good time. It was his weekend off. And so he's like, Look, for you, you know, you look at me and you're like, That's a murderer, but I look at me and I'm like, A guy who only murders when he's being paid for it. And I was not being paid. I was here for pigs in a blanket. I'm down. Okay. I like that twist. I'm down for that. <laughs> Sheila and Eric have an incredible story. And I am just happy to be part of it. <laughs> I'm so glad to be here. Please get me out of jail. Like, I'm so, like, can't have enough of that. Or it, or I, I want, uh, a like Shaun of the Dead moment where the Golden Girls come across four old lady predators that are clearly their like counterparts. Yes, absolutely. That's... So here for it. Yeah, and then uh, 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 what's her face tries to sleep with one of them. R- for Bla- sure. Yeah, Blanche a hundred percent is like, oh hello. <laughs> They're like the other three Golden Girls have like weapons and face paint on, and then they hear noises from Blanche's room, and they kick open the door, and she's got a predator like tied to the bed and just like in the throes, and she's like, "What are y'all doing? I'm in the middle of something." <laughs> That's I want nothing more than that right now. <laughs> yeah, I, like I, I literally there is, I cannot think of a movie in which you couldn't insert the predator and have a great time. Hang on, give me a second. Vacation wanna... Predator? Vacation. It's like Chevy Chase and Beverly D'Angelo go to this little Airbnb that's also run by the Predator. 
Or the Predator is the the not family that they visit in Germany. That's also fine. Or the Predator is Christy Brinkley driving the the convertible and Chevy Chase is like <laughs> flirting with it. Yes, I want it. <laughs> it's like I there I cannot I I I'm just pulling movies out of thin air. There's not a movie I can think of from like Predator I, I would Carrie. also watch the version with the Predator. Is is the Predator Carrie yes. or is yes, the Predator but, one of the Okay. But everyone still treats her like she's like a mousy garbage girl. <laughs> And the predator has to deal with his dirty pillows. Yeah, the predator is like bleeds in the shower for the first time, and it's like you should have told me, Mama. <laughs> I'm not a crab monster girl. I'm a crab monster woman oh, now. <laughs> the mandibles open up. Yeah, it's like crying. Yeah, ah, like ah, God, it's so good now. A buddy cop movie where the predator is like the second cop. To an alien? No, I like. I want it to be like it's Riggs and Murtaugh from Lethal Weapon, but instead it's either Riggs and an old predator who's just like, I'm three days from retirement. I'm so sick of this shit. Or flip it, and the predator's the crazy one, and he's got you got Danny Glover running around like, I'm three days from retirement. I really want this now. Like, how is this not a joke already? I'm just saying. We have missed out on the opportunity for some really wonderful movies that all happen to star the Predator. And I just I just need more, I think, is what the answer is. Just more Predators, please. Yeah, I agree. Um, but back to my original point from that tangent. <laughs> you weren't going to talk about the Predator being a golden girl? I'm no. sorry. Uh, funnily enough, or Carrie. Um, so... Uh, I, I, you and I are very familiar with wearing Halloween costumes, um, or if you've ever worn uh, fake nails. So is like most no, people. but like you just... and I wear like you okay, okay. You and I wear like very elaborate, elaborate costumes. Halloween costumes. Okay, okay, okay. Um, or if you've ever worn fake nails, listeners, and that if you're wearing a glove that's like a little cumbersome and too big, or fake nails, and you have a very distinct like finger pad squishing way of picking things up because you can't pick it up the way you normally would because of your nails sure is the way yeah. he picks up all of his medical instruments 100 it's like the gloves oh, are way too big my gloves are guy. too big so i have to like squeeze gently instead <laughs> of grab claw. it and pick. Yeah, yeah you have to lobster claw it and i i was like how does that oh an over, that's a major oversight stan winston because there's a lot of close-ups of the hands just like trying to grab things gracefully and then it'll cut to them holding the object. Yeah, and it's like, we just don't need the awkward scene. I don't know what the uh, John McTiernan, the director, was thinking. It's like, very clearly, you could just have him holding the things. Yeah. Also, I didn't mention this beforehand, but the gentleman who plays the Predator is an actor named Kevin Peter Hall, who is seven foot two. He also plays Harry in Harry and the Hendersons. So we yes. inadvertently did Kevin Peter Hall month this month. <laughs> He feels like he could have been a Doug Jones. Most definitely. He unfortunately uh, died very young. Uh, he got AIDS from a blood transfusion. Mm-hmm. I read that, and that was very interesting. Uh, yeah. Uh, also, I don't want to change the subject, because I know we just finished talking about this, but the Predator as a Muppet with the Muppets. I would love a Muppet Predator. Yeah, Muppet Predator, like, hanging out with Kermit. <laughs> I don't even need him to be the villain. I just want him to be a Muppet in a Muppet adventure. Like, Muppets go to Miss college, our previous Dutch, tangent. Right? Oh, if we were doing the Muppet version of Predator, 100% she's Dutch. Yeah, I love that idea. Kermit is probably Carl Weathers, I guess. You think? An animal would definitely be Predator. 
Ah, oh, yeah. Who's Sam Eagle, though? <laughs> um, I guess the He's guy one who of sends them. them on the mission. Yeah, yeah that feels I, right. Probably. I feel like that's we should that should be our next recurring bit is let's cast the Muppets in whatever we're watching. <laughs> that is funny for like the eight people out there who like the Muppets and everyone else is like, oh, my God, enough with the goddamn puppets. Hey, it's not like I didn't think we're going to harp on it, but I'm imagining Miss Piggy smearing herself in mud to cloak herself from the predator. Yeah, no, it's it's a wonderful image. I'm, they may have already done it. They're pretty clever over there at Muppet HQ. Uh, anyway, so they set a bunch of traps. It takes forever. And then in the middle of the night, Mac, the guy who was mourning the, the loss of Jesse Ventura, hears this noise and he goes like running into the woods and he's like stabbing and shooting and stabbing and shooting. And he just massacres a wild boar, just massacres this wild boar. Yeah, it's uh, appreciate the enthusiasm, but uh, let's let's rein it in. Let's workshop it. So we get an exposition dump. Well, for, the predator ambushes them at that point. He comes into the camp and just starts, like, laying waste to people. Yeah, he sets off their um, their traps. Yeah, and my favorite part of this sequence is, so we have the, 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 the pig get murdered, and then they're all kind of on edge, and they're, they're sort of waiting for something to happen, and it's all these close-ups of them just, like, waiting and looking out into the woods looking for the predator. And Mac, the guy who was mourning Jesse Ventura, is just dry shaving with a safety razor. Can you like call it dry shaving? Because he is sweaty well, he AF. Is, <laughs> he is extremely sweaty. That's true. Okay. He's shaving with his own sweat as lubricant. Blech. And it's just like... <sighs> and it's like, why is this in the movie? And why was that actor doing this? Like, what? He, everything apparently about he, that this was, is- he, he decided to do that. And they so they Shocking. so they had to rig up a razor that could bleed because they were like, well, if you're going to shave, you have to cut yourself because everything is stupid. <laughs> well, that was only so later they could say the line, "If it bleeds, we can kill it." Fair. Um, then the woman they're captured, they've captured, uh, gives some exposition, and there's a very weird edit where she's finished. I don't know if you caught it. She's finished talking. And uh, Arnie is in the background, out of focus, and she's the foreground in focus. And it starts to shift to Arnie, and it's clearly two different takes. Like, they couldn't get an emotional response out of Arnie in the first take, but the second one was great. (laughs) Because her face shifts positions ever so slightly in, like, a fade. And as it goes to Arnie, it's at uh, about, like, one hour five. I wrote down the timestamp, so if anyone's watching and wants to check it out. It's like, because I had to rewind and double check. Yeah, I didn't catch that, but that's awesome. Uh, a dude survives getting crushed by a log that swings down that, like, should have powdered his bones. Yeah, should, at the minimum, it should have just caved in his sternum. Like, yeah. it should have just been, yeah. So they catch, they think they catch the predator in a net. They have, like, a very classic net trap. Where they got this net, I don't quite know. But they set, like, a net trap, and then the predator is, like, it's actually a really cool way that they did this. I, th- I thought it was really neat. They have like a lot of leaves and debris in the net. So there's a lot of motion. You can kind of make out the predator, but you can't quite see it yet. And then he laser blasts out of this net and just starts wrecking shop on these yeah. people. Just a lot of murdering. So this, the the first when he stri- like sets himself out of the net is when he like lets loose one of their traps that was a log tied up like um, in Home Alone, like the paint can swinging. And a dude yeah, gets hit yeah, by yeah. it and survives. And, he, and the predator runs away and... Um, Mac runs after him and Apollo Creed runs after him and he like stops him 
and like they see the predator and they're hiding in the bushes and this is where i wrote wow straight people straight dudes are super dumb because he's like <laughs> i'll go around the front and uh, and uh, push him back towards you you get underneath him and i was like what what have you seen so far that would lead you to believe that this is an effective plan right like let's one of you read the room yeah one of you is not pushing the predator anywhere yeah and so um, Mac gets underneath, and that's when he sees the... I think it's the first time we see the really cool tri-laser focus sight thing. Yeah, the three dots, yeah. Um, and he looks up and sees the Predator, and we see from behind a beautiful head explosion. That's what you were talking about earlier. Yeah, yeah. It, like, like full, like, scanners level... I, it's not, Scanners is chunky soup. This is just tomato is soup. Rough, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's just, it's a different flavor, but it is just. But it's that same level of head explosion. Oh, it's, oh, it's magical. Yeah, it, this guy's head, it doesn't explode as much as it just gets vaporized. And then magically, when Apollo Creed goes to look at him, he's got a full head on his shoulders. And I yeah, was like, we just cr- watched that not be there. <laughs> Yeah, I was so, like, it would have made more sense if Carl Weathers picked up a piece of his severed head and was like, oh my god, Jenkins, or whatever. But he looks at a corpse and I was like, wait a minute, is this a different dead guy? Because I just watched this turn into soup. Yeah, somehow, I was like, oh, guys. Like, it should have been, like, a headless, maybe, oh, maybe that was a censorship thing. I guess it could be. This was an R-rated movie, wasn't it? Yeah, for sure. Oh, so then I guess it wouldn't have mattered. And this is where Arnie, uh... The prisoner's like, give me a gun. And he's like, it didn't shoot you because you weren't armed. And I was like, how did you, how did you come to that conclusion, Arnie? Because <laughs> right. you what, what? firmly believe that, like, big muscles and big men are what draw... Like, your line of thinking stops at, like, muscle men. Yeah. Also, Carl Weathers starts shooting at it, and the predator literally shoots off his arm. And, and it he- still fires! It's cool. It, yeah, I'll give it that. Yeah, he's he's squeezing the trigger when the arm gets cut off by a laser, so the gun keeps firing. But he looks down at his own severed arm, and then the stump attached to his shoulder, and then he proceeds to grab a different gun from around his back and continues shooting at the predator. It's so insane. It's like he he's less bothered by this than I am when I like I've dropped cans of soup on my foot and had a bigger <laughs> reaction than Carl Weathers has to losing an arm. So he obviously gets killed by the predator. Yeah. And at this point, we're down to like just a handful of people left. Arnie and, and Anna, the woman, are like making their way out with one of the injured men. And Billy just starts taking all his gear off. And then he cuts himself across the chest to like turn himself into bait. I don't know, like, did you get any inkling of what, was this supposed to be like, oh, I'll slow him down for you? Or was this just a dude losing his mind? I think it was supposed to be slow him down. But again, with any semblance, 30 seconds of acting could have cleared this up or 30 seconds of dialogue. Either one. I'll take either one. You don't have to write something. But like, never mind. Um, So yeah, he like (laughs) starts throwing things over this log that they're walking across so that he's like unarmed, I guess. And then he takes out a giant machete and has a really, he like, it feels like it's a person who's never held a blade before and doesn't know how they work, is the way he cuts himself and like drags it across his skin. Yeah. He like holds it flat against his chest and like drags it down. And I was like, that's not where the blade is. 
And then later I'm there's sure, all blood and no wound. I am sure it's because they needed to hide the effect, but you're 100% right. It looks bizarre. Well, no, because typically speaking, like, when they do that kind of stuff, it's the, the, the like, point of the blade is where the blood is hidden so that when you drag it down it leaves a trail right right um but this was just like a flat end and then it cuts away and it cuts back and there's blood on his chest it's but clearly no wound it just looks like someone dabbed stage blood down his chest yeah it's very very stupid all of a sudden the the predator obviously kills him like backhands him and kills him and then the previously thought to be like only interested in sport hunt uh predator kills the wounded guy by shooting him in the yeah, head yeah it's it's pretty executioner style yeah it's very bizarre and now the predator has a stun setting which it uses on arnold schwarzenegger sure sure well arnold has been his most interesting foe i guess right like maybe he wants to keep him around for that reason except that hat that doesn't get established for another 20 minutes 13 of which is montage like <laughs> yeah, the predator doesn't really recognize him like it's not a game recognizes game situation until he like is face to face with him it, so it's it's just it's uh, give me something movie spoon feed me a little bit like your yeah, paper thin yeah. plot shouldn't also be full of holes yeah, it's the whole plot of this movie is like bunch of commandos fight an alien. Like that's all that we're doing. It's a very very simple thing. Yeah, they, they, the the brothers who wrote this script literally did so because there was a joke around after Rocky Four that was like, "What's he gonna do next? Fight an alien?" And they're like, "What would that look like?" And they wrote a script where a bunch of dudes fight an alien. Like this is a dumb dumb movie, and I like it, but it is dumb. It's super dumb. Arnold also at this point discovers he falls into a river and then he like gets out of the river and he's crawling up the bank. He's all covered in mud and the predator. He also says the iconic short- line you 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 glossed no, over. Oh yes, yeah I did. Go ahead, you can have no, it. You, no, it's your favorite. You said you take it. <laughs> well, he gets to yell like the most famous line in this movie, which is "Get to the chopper." How does she know where it is? Uh, great question. <laughs> like everybody, like. Go down, go down. You know the the highway till the third mile. You just mile. said I-95. <laughs> I did. I was about to say I-95. <laughs> you want to take Jungle 204 to Jungle 286, right? You're gonna make a left. Then four miles down, you're gonna take a dirt road. If you if you see the giant banana stand, uh, that's the that's your marker to get off. Like there's no there's not a sign there's no signpost in the jungle. Get like where is she going? She doesn't have anyone from the original team who knew where the chopper was. <laughs> and you only recently discovered that she could speak English. So she's going to show up alone and these people are going to shoot her cuz they think she's going to be like some I don't I don't know what like whatever jungle people. Like Yeah, exactly. Um so Arnold jumps into the water and the predator jumps in after and uh Predator's going to have to soak his whole suit in rice now, because it is glitching and sparking. <laughs> it really is not liking this water part. My mom's going to be so be mad thing at they would have solved? <laughs> this is a Predator Suit X. It costs $1,000. Spark, spark, spark. It has a random notch at the top for some reason. <laughs> yeah, you would think these Predator suits would withstand everything. At this point, like, water right. feels like the first thing you... Waterproofing is, right. feels like the first step. 
Yeah, it seems like the entry level stuff. It's like the the suit is perfect at camouflaging you, but God forbid there's a rainstorm in the jungle <laughs> because otherwise you're screwed. We humans in 2018 have pretty much solidified waterproof technology when we need it. You are way more advanced than we are. Or just like give him a raincoat. Like that's fine. Is that a yellow rain slicker or is it clear yeah. like American Psycho? <laughs> Well, clear would make sense to go with the camouflage, right? So he would have to be like an American psycho. I'm just picturing, like, what's that clear raincoat doing jumping through the forest? (laughs) Oh, that would be wonderful. It's like kind of camouflage, but not really. But it would be so weird to, like, picture me like, what's that weird clear plastic raincoat doing jumping through the trees? And all of a sudden it's like, do you like Huey Lewis and the News? Because like it echoing through the forest. Because it, oh, I, I guess I was gonna say because it watched that movie and could parrot it back where that movie wouldn't happen yet. Mm. You know what though, Patrick Bateman v Predator, I'm here for. Yeah, it's a very interesting because that's like feels like the ultimate prey, like for him. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I'm totally here for it. This is my last one. Go ahead. No, it's not. But go ahead. <laughs> Loomis. Loomis. V Predator, Loomis V Predator, like Loomis is hunting, like the same, like the same style as Loomis V Michael Myers, where he's like, right? I saw, I saw a creature with the darkest eyes I'd ever seen and the sharpest mandibles I'd ever come across. <laughs> what I saw in there was not human; it was Predator. Yeah, I, I really like that. I just want an old bald man in a raincoat. Just want an old bald man in a raincoat running around. Yeah. I kind of want to see that uh, the raptor scene with Lara Dern in Jurassic Park, but Predator's cut in, chasing her down. (laughs) She's like limping along with the flashlight. and the Yeah, yeah, I'm here for it. That's invisible Predator sound, by the way. Yes. Anyway, Arnold gets on the bank of the river all covered in mud, and he realizes that the Predator can't see him because he's, you know, changed his body heat signature, so... Predator starts just, like, blowing stuff up left and right, and then it kind of runs away, and Arnold begins to make traps, again, covered entirely in mud. And it's, like, a good seven minutes of the movie, but in real time, it had to be seven hours? Like, yeah, it's, it's so long. long. process, which I get, but, like, I also feel like my first instinct would have been, wouldn't have been cover myself in mud. It would have been, like, get a, get a bamboo shoot and hide under the water and breathe through the chute. Yeah, that seems to be the best way to escape, but Arnold doesn't want to escape. He wants to kill it. I meant for the first time, like, when... Oh, okay. So, my my favorite parts of this sequence is, like, the cross-cutting between Arnold and the Predator. So, we got Arnold fashioning a bow and arrow, which, like, they do that a lot in movies. And I, I, I know that this is a stupid movie, but... Making a bow and arrow is not just, like, getting a curved stick and putting a string on it. No, it is not. It's a fairly... It's a fairly complicated thing to have to do. So he does that, and then he makes these arrows that are like a bamboo leaf, or a banana leaf, rather, not a bamboo leaf, with gunpowder in it that he is able to, like, turn into a bomb somehow. It's like, that's not how gunpowder works. What are you doing? It's a very, like, pirate movie understanding of gunpowder. But he puts gunpowder in a wet leaf and is like oh this is a bomb now like no it was a bomb before you took the gunpowder of that grenade this movie was a success because the man was so big and muscly 
Do I have to remind you? Everyone. Do I have to remind you that that's oily. the man who's like kind of behind this movie? Did you see how oily my muscles were? The the predator is a Mortal Kombat fatality. Yes, that is literally what I wrote down. <laughs> Finish him. The predator rips a spine and skull out of a body with just no problems whatsoever. Yeah, it's really epic. Also, so they've established what the Predator's, like, vocalization sounds like. And then in this seven-minute montage of setting things up, Arnie is, like, pulling a rope to make something taut. And the rope sounds like the Predator talking. Oh, I didn't catch that. It, like, threw me off at first. I was like, oh, thank God this montage is over and the Predator's here already. But no, it's just the rope being pulled has that, like, sound. Yeah, it does have a sort of weird growly f- now that you say that. Also, he lights a fire when he knows his adversary specifically sees heat. Well, he does that to... The, the, when he lights the fire, it's like, let's go, game on. No, the fire is in the middle of the montage. He's like, That's when he's like making his bow and arrow. He's sitting by the fire. Oh, you're right. I was thinking of him with the big torch. Yeah, I guess he does light a fire. Maybe he was thinking, like, the fire is going to be such a large heat signature that he won't be able to read Arnold's body temperature next to it. That's a fair assumption. Because the part where Arnold calls the predator action, I think, is kind of dope. He lights a torch and then just screams into the night, like, just this guttural... Yeah, it's pretty cool. So the predator comes to investigate the fire. Arnold shoots him with one of his magic gunpowder arrows, which blows up a little bit. Sure. I guess. The Predator does like a hundred million missiles. Yeah, the Predator Arnold doesn't seem to have to reload, tree. which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's a, it's a very special kind of weaponry called a movie bullshit. <laughs> this fight is also basically between two perfect killing machines, which is interesting because they introduce one of these characters as a perfect killing machine and the other one as a peacenik. So it's like, I don't know what we're doing here, but this a is peacenik who is really good at killing things. Like, it's yeah, quickly back-to-back yeah. back established that those are not mutually exclusive events here. But, like, Arnold fashions these weapons so easily. He just has innate knowledge of a random forest jungle that he can just pull pieces apart and is like, oh, I'll make this kind of trap and this kind of trap and a bow and arrow and a banana bomb and this. And it's like, what? Th- this is not part of army training or survival training. I would have drowned training. myself. I would have been like, you know what? I'm just going to drown myself. <laughs> gonna go out quick as possible because i don't like i that's not just innate human knowledge no i couldn't do any of this you know what i could i could do the one where you dig a hole and then you put stakes at the bottom but cover up the hole that's the only (laughs) i could try to do that but like that's the only one that like i have the knowledge and like skill set to do but like how are you doing that because you don't have a shovel use your hand you have hands you're gonna dig a six foot deep pit with your bare hands or what like you're in a predator fight like you don't have options i think i the option is the first one you said which is get in the river and say goodbye yeah but i'm what but, i like that do, is literally the only like trap that i have the knowledge and physical ability to do the trap that I would lay is getting a piece of tree bark and attempting to write a note to my loved ones on the back of it with my own blood. How is it going to get to you? How is it going to get to them, rather? I, don't, I, ju- I just hope. I'm going to put an address on the tree bark and leave it on leaning on the tree and hope someone comes across it. Oh, my God. Up, but with a predator. <laughs> 
that's the instead of that bird being Kevin, it's the predator that they're trying to bring back. Yeah, exactly. So eventually the predator and Arnold like face off and the predator's like, All right, you're a worthy adversary, I'm gonna take off all my armor, which I don't quite understand still. But the predator like sheds all his armor and he still has an enormous advantage over Arnold because he is like a clawed killing monster and he is a soft flesh man. Yeah. But they have like a fist fight and Arnie like climbs into one of his traps and tries to get him to go after it, and the predator is like I've seen a wrestling match before. I'm not going to walk into this. And it like walks around the trap and gets down. But Arnold is able to trigger it anyway, which is kind of goofball. Well, it was like, a different trap. So Arnold was trying to get it into a like swinging spike trap. But yeah. he instead walked in. Maybe well, I think it might have been the counterbalance of the trap was a giant yeah, log yeah. that somehow Arnold was able to get up in the tree. Yeah, of course. well, he lifted a truck earlier quite easily, so... Um, but yeah, so he, like, crawls through this tiny hole. He had hole. to fashion the rope for that log, by the way. We didn't talk about oh, yeah, that. he did. He, like, he, he, like, we didn't see it in the movie, but he clearly, like, braided vines together and made a rope. Like, come on! Um, but he climbs through this tiny little hole to the end, to a dead end, and starts screaming, like, Kill me! I'm here! Do it! And the predator's like... <laughs> Yeah, no, this uh, this is definitely a trap, Brohan, so no. You know I'm like a perfect killing machine, right? Again, what in the last two hours have you seen that leads you to believe I'm this dumb? But he's somehow squished by a log, which feels like a shitty ending for the Predator. Like, that should not have been the thing that takes him out. Yeah, I feel like the Predator should have gotten blown up. Yeah, or... Um, like, so, like, in addition to spike- blowing himself up. The spikes, I think, would have made, like, more sense. Like, to me, that feels more, like, theatrical and big. But, like, getting crushed yeah. by a rock is so, or a log or whatever is so lame. Yeah, and then Arnold's like, what are you? And the thing repeats his own voice back to him in sort of, like, a weird, messed up way. And then it starts just, like, randomly typing stuff on its arm pad. And Arnold is able to discern that, like, there was a lot of symbols. And then there's a little bit less symbols and a little, little less symbols. And he's like, oh, shit, that's a timer. And he starts running but down the forest. I will say there's also I, I wrote that I think it's cool because it's it's there's a sound that's accompanying the like sm- like shrinking uh, symbol thing. And just by the sound alone, it's like, oh, that's a countdown. Like that is just like the universal yeah. sound of a countdown. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yes, yes. Yeah, I, I agree. But I thought the like my only real like strong dislike of the predator, like related specifically to the predator in the whole movie, is it laughs like a person. It took someone else's laugh. Oh, who I I didn't catch the connection there. I guess that makes I sense. I don't remember whose laugh it is, but it's someone's laugh. So yeah, the predator blows itself up with like a nuclear sized bo- there's a mushroom cloud they see from this oh, explosion. Yeah. So Arnold's really magic because he can run away from a nuclear test explosion. Apparently, in the novelization, a lot is different, and <laughs> there's a novelization there is. of there Predator, is. <laughs> and it sounds like they were like I was reading. Uh, it was like uh, either Wikipedia or like the trivia section on IMDb, and it was like the Predator ha- is able to like shape shift and has other thi- a bunch of other things. It's basically not the same story. It's like the same essence, but not the same story at all. But part of it is that uh, Dutch got radiation poisoning from being so close to the mushroom cloud. Well, that would be accurate. I he agree. Was very, very close. And then we get turn and smile credits for zero we really logical do. It's reason. Very odd. Yeah, I didn't get. I didn't get it at all. It was no. like very out of place for the rest of this movie. 
Uh, but yeah, that's Predator from 1987. Uh, final thoughts? Uh, I don't know. It's too. My problem is that it's so long. If it was a tight 90, it would be an easy. It would be an easier recommend. I just like. Uh, it doesn't give you enough of what you actually need to call it a real movie, uh, but it's still too long. It's very weird. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. It's a little bit too long. I ended up like pausing about. 30 minutes before the end and knocking out a couple of chore things I had to do. Cause I didn't realize how late it was getting and then came back to it and felt very fresh for the last 30. I definitely would recommend this. Uh, I can't believe it took me this long to actually see predator, which is kind of wild given that, uh, I was a big Arnold head back in the day, but it's gleefully violent in a way that is like cartoonish and doesn't make me feel icky. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've noticed, uh, in a fair number of movies that I really like, as you know, I'm, I don't want to get too turn into serious town here. Cause I know that's not why you're listening to this podcast, but like there's certain action movies that I find hard to watch now just because of the prevalence of real life gun violence. And it, it's not as fun to watch as it once was for I me. Agree with that. This one is so insane that there's just none of that. Like there's no part of me watching this that like I ever think about the repercussions of our gun happy culture where I'm this. I'm just like, blow it all up. Shoot all the guns. Blow up all the blow ups. Like I love it. I, I Yeah, I it's really gleefully stupid. And I, I say that really complimentarily. I, I think this is a really fun, uh, dumb action movie. I was excited to see the new one and I'm even more excited to see it now. So, yeah, I, I highly recommend this one. It's the first time I've done that in a while on the show, but I, I think this is worth your time. Okay, wait, 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 wait. I got one more. Yeah. I know what it is. I think I know what it is. I can make any girl into prom queen. <laughs> you can't make a predator prom queen. Even her. And then we cut to predator with, like, the dreadlocks it's in a, a ponytail. In chopsticks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, chopstick ponytail and like paint splattered overalls, and it's like. Whoa. Are there glasses over the yes. helmet? No or helmet. Does the, or does, or no you take helmet. the helmet? Oh, there, it's just mandibles. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And no helmet, and then the glasses instead, and like, uh, stumbles and is like with its mandibles all open and like drops its books. So kiss me. Yeah. So and kill me. And then it's Freddie Prince Jr. slow dancing. With the <laughs> uh, I would love to see the Predator in a, in a prom dress. Yes. I mean, we already yes. said it with Carrie, but like <laughs> yes. a different prom dress. Like a like a like a very sequiny gown. I'm feeling like yeah, super 90s. So it's either velvet or like sequined. Yes. yes. Halter and there's top. like a lot of gauzy material in the chest area. <laughs> Yeah. Like just a lot of gauzy everything up here is in the chest area is just all gauze all over the place. And then for, and then the predator like puts its head on Freddie Prince Jr.'s shoulder as they slow dance. Oh my god. So in this situation so are we assuming in all of our movies that the predator is not predator height, but is like the character where they're replacing height? <laughs> um, no, I want super tall predator. So you want like eight foot lead. predator and I, I well I'll say five eleven Freddie Prince Jr. He, he seems like a yeah, tall. I think that's probably generous, but sure. Uh, he's, 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 well, I'm 5'7". I think Freddy Prince Jr. is no taller than you. I'm guessing, I'm basing no, this cause, on nothing. Because how, cause how tall, do you know how, any idea how tall Sarah Michelle Gellar is? I feel no. like, I feel like she feels like my height. I mean, perhaps. I'm going to, I'm going to do a quick Google and see yeah, if uh, Freddy Prince Jr. height is, is a thing. But. Oh, it, it, you have, it, it'll be a Google like. Okay, so the internet says six foot one, which means the predator is only like a foot taller than him. Yeah. 
I still want the Predator leaning down a foot over Freddie Prince Jr. to put just a full on hunch Predator head on his shoulder. <laughs> yes, I love you too. <laughs> We will be back in two weeks, but before that, a couple of quick housekeeping things. Please don't forget to rate and review the show wherever you get it. Uh, we would really appreciate that, and we read those on the air. Uh, if you'd like to get a hold of us, we're at Dissecting the 80s on Facebook. We're Dissect the 80s on Twitter. And you can email us at dissectingthe80s at gmail.com. Just recently got another email from a listener in Australia. So. Uh, that was kind of mind-blowingly flattering. A lot of uh, Australian listeners kicking in saying hello lately. Thank you for that. We appreciate it. Don't forget to support us on Patreon. Uh, there should have been in your feed recently a little snippet of a live episode that was a bonus for our $5 and up patrons. Uh, we have a $2 tier, a $5 tier, a $10 tier, in which you can uh, pick an episode of this show after a year-long commitment and then a crazy 88 dollars tier for somebody who wants to be the ultimate mega super fan so take a look see if there's a tier that makes sense for you and uh, if you can't support us financially that's totally fine but we would love it if you reviewed us on itunes that only takes a couple seconds and it's totally free so we would really appreciate that we will return on september 24th with another film featuring actor kevin peter hall Harry and the Hendersons, because they're making a Bigfoot kids movie this month. Yeah, so I forgot about that, because I, I think I saw it as a trailer in front of The Incredibles. That's what it was. I was like, what children's movie did I see in theaters recently? Incredibles 2. <laughs> and then promptly forgot about that movie. And then I keep seeing all this, like, Smallfoot, Smallfoot. And I was like, what the fuck is Smallfoot? <laughs> uh, it is the reason that we're finally tackling Harry and the Hendersons. So... Thank you once again for listening. I have been Trip Lano. I will always be Andrew Lano. Until September 24th. Don't you forget about me. Dissecting the 80s is a chum sum of this production. Ow.